The Great Eight is here on the Biz Women Rock podcast. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This is your home. If you are a very smart and savvy and brilliant and proactive and amazing and a bunch of other really awesome words type of a businesswoman, this is where you want to be to learn more about how to rock out your business. And this is the community that you want to be a part of if you want to connect with other women just like you. All you have to do to become part of our private group, our private community on Facebook, is go to bizwomenrock.com, go opt in, and you will get your private invitation to come and be a part of that group. It is full of over 3,000 women from all over the globe who are doing amazing things in business. So you can idea share with them, you can ask for feedback, you can throw out some concepts that are going on in your business and get feedback from all these other fabulous ladies. It is so, so awesome. Would love for you to be there if you are not already. So this podcast uh, basically is brought to you so that you have resources that you can implement in your business. Um, Right now, you are stepping into the very middle of a series that we are calling The Great Eight. These are the top eight most downloaded shows of the entire Biz Women Rock history. And uh, today I'm excited because we're at number four, so we're counting down. So this week is four, next week will be number three, and so on and so on. And this week we have uh, an interview I did back in 2014 with Cynthia Sanchez, who at the time owned a company called Oh So Pinteresting. And she is just a fabulous expert on Pinterest as a platform. And I reached out to her a little while ago to ask her if she had an update, obviously, since this interview is a couple of years old. And she said, you know what? I actually don't have the business anymore. Um, So here's what I want you to listen for. Number one is that uh, the platform of Pinterest is so amazing. And she goes into a couple of specific uh, things that you need to know about being on Pinterest. But truly, at the end of the day, this is Cynthia's story. This is about how she got into business in the first place, kind of the ups and downs that she had. And then, um, and it's fascinating. And then ultimately, you know, kind of circling back around to present moment that Cynthia no longer has her company. So just a nice lesson that, you know, we are constantly evolving in business. So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Cynthia Sanchez, who used to own Oh So Pinteresting, who is sitting here and telling us her story back in 2014. Let's go. My guest today is Cynthia Sanchez, who's the owner of Oh So Pinteresting. She is what I would call, you know, the Pinterest diva. She is absolutely incredible, very knowledgeable about Pinterest, but we're actually not talking Pinterest today. We are talking about her business story and her business journey. She started out as an oncology nurse and, you know, has taken the steps into entrepreneurialism and just has a totally fascinating story as to her journey these past couple of years of building up her consulting and education practice when it comes to Pinterest. 
She is absolutely incredible, really opens the curtains to how her business works and what evolution she's had all of these years. And she's just a wonderful, wonderful person. So I know you're going to love this conversation. Lots of great business lessons in here, especially on how to really establish yourself as an expert in a particular field and how to grow a consulting practice from scratch. So turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, Katie, thank you so very much for having me. I am so stoked that you're here because you're like one of those people that I've heard so much about and I've been kind of following for a while. I've done a little bit of like social media stalking for <laughs> with you. And um <laughs> And I love who you are and what you bring to the table with your expertise in Pinterest. And I'm so excited to dig into your business story today. And I really want to start first and foremost with your history, which is actually has nothing to do with business. You were a radiation oncology nurse. And I, I didn't mention this in our little you know conversation before we got started, but my mother is a nurse too. She's an RN. And I have this special place in my heart for, for nurses, and I used to be in the healthcare industry as well. So I definitely have seen on the floor ground what kind of a job, you know, an oncology nurse is specifically, and it's a tough one. So can you kind of like, you know, paint the picture of what life was like for you as an oncology nurse and what kind of lessons you learned there? Oh, my gosh. I learned so much from my time being as a nurse. And I wasn't always in oncology. I started off in labor and delivery. So I started off with the babies. And then, at, you know, at the time that I, I left my nursing jobs or my profession, I don't know, once a nurse, always a nurse, I think, you know. When I wrap things up in oncology, I got to see so, so much in each of the jobs that I, I had done. And I guess one thing, you know, really stands out to me is you just, you have to look at the big picture and you can't sweat the small stuff. There are just bigger and more important pressing issues than the little things that pop up every day. Life is so precious, so fragile, so valuable that it just needs to be embraced and cherished every moment along the way. The good times, the bad times, all of it. I will say that my mother, just having that nursing background, is the most positive person I've ever met, does not even like have a negative day in her life. Like she just doesn't even go there. And I really think that that has a lot to do with her nursing background <laughs> and that exact statement. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm not quite where your mom is. I still have those down <laughs> days. I still have those, oh my gosh, road rage days. But yeah, overall, I do think of myself as a, as a, a positive person. I've, I've always kind of been that way, though. Um, so nursing was just a great fit for me. Now, in that profession of yours, were you seeing any sort of like business system happening? Like, were you sort of aware of how business was working, whether you were in the hospitals or a physician's office? Like, were you kind of aware of that stuff or were you, or were you just really like focused on your service? Oh, yeah. Business comes into a big part of nursing because you have to keep costs down. Budget and finance and limited resources were always top of our committee meetings. So it really did, did come down to that. And and sometimes it was and one of the, the hard parts I guess I had or a difficult area I had with, with working as, especially as an oncology nurse, was the business side of medicine. We know that it's a huge industry in our country and it is a business, but it's really hard to have those business types of approaches to things when you're talking about someone's life, when you're talking about someone's mom, dad, daughter, son, whatever. And it comes down to finances, whether or not we can take care of them. That was a really difficult part 
for me to do is my job as an oncology nurse. Actually, I was in radiation oncology. And when it came down to those types of things, I just I just had a hard time with that. And when it was more about getting patients in and out of the door than giving them great quality care or providing them additional resources and services because of budget limitations, I just it was it, that part was really difficult for me. What do you think was one of the best parts about doing that? Definitely the patients. I mean, it was a very difficult time, and I wish I never had to meet those patients under those circumstances. But being part of that family's, I guess, experience, sometimes it was just an amazing, wonderful experience because we were able to see people through their treatment and on the other end. And for years later, I got to know people's families and what was going on with their kids and who was getting married and who was having babies. And there's this one woman that stands up in my mind, and she was like 90 97 years old. And oh my gosh, she had the energy and liveliness of a, of a teenager. She was just such an inspiration. And she just took everything in stride. I learned so much from my, the patients and the families that I got to, to take care of and be a part of you know, their lives for that moment. What actually transpired that made you actually transition out of nursing and become a business owner? Well, there were a lot of changes going on in my family and in my work. My husband got a new job, so things were changing for him. At my job, things were changing within the practice. I was working at a at a community cancer center, and there were changes going on with the practice, and there was a lot of things going on, and you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in that cancer center and maybe move to a different cancer center or go back to a different schedule. At that time, I was working Monday through Friday, kind of 8 to 4.30 kind of hours, which is great, but my kids and their, they were getting into college and the high school and my high school kids, their schedule was changing a lot. And, it's like, and where I worked was quite a long commute getting back to the kids. And it's like, well, maybe I need to go back to those three 12-hour shifts in the hospital setting, which could leave me, you know, a little bit more flexibility. So there was a lot of just potential for change. And it was about, oh gosh, nine months before I started or before I left my job that I came across a podcast on iTunes that opened up my eyes to the possibility of having an online business, a business based on a blog. It's like, well, maybe I could do something like that for some side income and then maybe you know, develop it into a business business and maybe do something on my own as a nurse. One of the programs that I started at the cancer center I worked at was a nurse navigation program, which helped our patients and their families direct them to appropriate resources, you know, whether it be financial, emotional, spiritual resources, whatever it was that they needed, and also help be that kind of resource that wasn't the physician, that wasn't, you know, where do I go? I was like the navigator, you know, come to me for directions. I will help you get to wherever you need it. So I thought maybe I could eventually kind of develop that sort of online business, but I had to start off with something first. I had to figure it all out. How do you blog? How do you have a WordPress site? How do you do all this stuff? And at that time, Pinterest had just taken over my world. I had just joined the network actually reluctantly at my mom's invitation because back then you had to have an invitation to join Pinterest. And she'd send it to me like, you know, a few times a week. Like, yeah, mom, I'm busy. You know, I don't have time for that. (laughs) Um, But once I I jumped in, I got hooked. I just, I couldn't stop. Every other word out of my mouth was Pinterest. I was buying things. I was cooking things differently. My husband had a huge laundry list of projects to do around the house thanks to Pinterest. He doesn't like it so much. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) actually he does. He does. He just, you know, at that time it was a little bit different. It's like, what? I need to figure out this blogging thing and how to have a site and all this kind of stuff. Let's write about Pinterest for fun. And the tagline for the site, the site is called Oh So Pinteresting. And the tagline for the site is don't just pin it, do it. Because I noticed a lot of people pinning all of these amazing things, but not 
doing anything with them. They were just pretty pictures or someday kind of things. So I was taking those someday kind of things and making them now, you know, whether it was crafty projects or, you know, recipes or whatever. So I started writing about that and that's how the blog started. And a few months after the blog started, I got a local business owner that approached me and said, hey, we see you have a website and you know about Pinterest. We need social media. Can you come help us? And they were my first client. So in those first couple of months of you just kind of blogging and putting information out there, like you were really having to dig into a actually learning how to put up a WordPress site and actually learning, you know, what sorts of things were needed on there. And then and actually, you know, being able to write stories and write blog posts that were actually meaningful and got attention. How did you know? And what were you doing to make sure that the word got out there that you were actually, you know, getting your website out there that your blog was getting out there so readers would come? Well, then I knew and, you know, listening to the podcast and and doing a lot of research and when I kind of get a new project, I get very OCD and I just dive in and don't come up for air until I figure it out. It's like, okay, well, I have to have a Facebook page. I have to have a Twitter account. I have to do all these other things and use these networks and platforms that are either familiar with or have been a part of in a different way. It wasn't just for communicating with friends and family anymore. It wasn't just for, you know, personal. It was, it was to, you know, build this blog and bring more readers. And then I found out the power of talking to other people about what they were doing and how that could help my blog as well. And it actually came out of a time limitation, working full time, kids, all that kind of good stuff. Everybody at that time was saying, oh, you have to post at least three times a week. You have to post as much as you can. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, I not only had to figure out how to write and do all this stuff, I had to do the projects, take the pictures, write the blog posts, figure out how to take decent pictures. Oh my God, my first blog post is horrific. It is awful. It is written (laughs) like nursing notes. And the pictures of the food make you actually a little bit nauseous, I think. Um, That's great. It's still there, but it is awful. And it's like, whoa, this is not as easy as it looks. I have got to figure this stuff out. So I started learning more about photography and started reading more so I could write better. And it was just a big process. So it was really, really time-consuming. So to kind of help out with that, it's like, well, I know other people are doing stuff that they found on Pinterest. What about if I interview them and, you know, how it turned out for them, if the project was a success or a failure, if the recipe tasted good or not? That way I don't have to do it all, but I can still write about it. And then if I include a link to their blog on my site, you know, maybe they'll do the same back or at least tweet it or, you know, help get the word out. And that's kind of how it started. That's great. It's a great strategy. And so I would imagine that you had quite a few people who were interested in being featured on the blog, and then they would go and spread the word for you. Oh, no. No? (laughs) Nobody knew who I was. Gotcha. And I was just nobody. What could I do for them? At that time, I was doing cartwheels and and streaming from the rooftops because I had 10 site visits in one day. Um, (laughs) I love it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I remember joining this little kind of online chat, a place called Blogfrog. They've changed and they're now tap-influenced. Somebody was talking about having a 1,000 page views in a month and like, oh my God, if someday I could reach that, I'd be a millionaire <laughs> or whatever, you know. Like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? But it, yeah, it was, it was a very slow start. So that's interesting to me because I think that so many women who are starting their businesses 
know that they, especially if they want to sort of connect with people who are already established and they want to highlight certain people on whatever platform they're using, they have to kind of go out and hustle and they themselves are not like this bright, shiny light that everyone wants to come to quite yet. So it's very interesting to me of sort of what play you had to make in order to make sure that you could interview so-and-so and and, and try and get somebody who might go out and share it and and just trying to get that and actually just asking people about that. And that's kind of a hustle in the beginning, right? It was, and it was pretty intimidating. When you're a nurse, your patients come to you. You don't necessarily have to go find them. And so having to send out emails or, you know, Facebook messages or whatever the case was, I got a lot of no replies. I got a lot of, yeah, sure, and then reschedule and then eventually cancel and it never happens. You know, that still happens to this point. People aren't just jumping at the bit to come and talk to me. So it was just that persistence, I think. And, and I'm so glad I did because doing that, I got to meet a lot of amazing people around the world. I developed a really great friendship. Here I am in Texas and met a woman through her blog and she wrote about a Pinterest project she did. And I loved one of the titles of her Pinterest boards. And I emailed her like, hey, I really like the name of your your board and, you know, your project that you did. Would you mind if I kind of do a play on that board title? And she said, sure. And now she's one of my best friends. We've gone to conferences together. I've gone and visited her in Boston. She's come out to Texas. It's, it's been amazing. So let's dig a little deeper into the specifics of your business. So can you can you kind of walk us through the business model of Oso oh Pinteresting? What started with a blog definitely has evolved into a major business. So can you describe sort of all the moving parts, what Oso oh, oh Pinteresting does, and you know what your business is all about? Well, Pinterest is definitely my fifth child. <laughs> and just like my human children, it has evolved. And, you know, one day they like chocolate milk and the next day they hate it. So it goes through changes. And the business has definitely gone through changes. When I first, when I first got that first client, it was just managing, being a community manager for their business on Facebook and Pinterest. And I really liked that for them. And then, you know, I added a couple more clients. It's like, whoa, this, this isn't exactly how I thought it would go. And, and you know, maybe that isn't where I, what I really like doing. But I found that things kind of progressed, but I really enjoy the teaching aspects of it. I really like getting people from point A to point B. And that makes total sense because that's what I did as a nurse. People came into me with their problems, whatever it was, health-wise. I would put in my nursing interventions, go back, reassess, adjust, teach all along the way. And that's, I'm a teacher. That's what I am. So I figured out that was what I really liked the best. So I do handle some clients um, where I do the community management for Pinterest and Facebook and other things, but not very many because that's not where I feel like I can do my best work, I guess, overall. And that's not how I want my business to grow. I mean, I do my best for them and get them the results we're looking for and what's always adjusting and strategizing all that good stuff. So the business has changed more from that getting, you know, community management type clients into teaching and speaking and and teaching through my speaking. I, you know, make it a point that every time that I, you know, do a presentation that it's not just this big philosophical Pinterest is awesome and does all these great things. I want to teach people step by step how to do that because those are the presentations that I like the most. So it's it, the business model is definitely changing. I do workshops now. I do one-on-one coaching and training. I do group training and then public speaking. So how have you gotten the word out about you? Like what are some of the most effective marketing strategies that you have come across that have worked real well for you? The most effective thing was starting my podcast. 
Gotcha. Uh, Well, just so happens that that's an interesting topic to me. So (laughs) tell me a little bit about that, because I have sort of ever since I started my podcast, I've definitely been on this soapbox about how phenomenal podcasts are, how powerful this platform is. So can you give us your vantage point on your experience podcasting? And because you started that over a year ago. And, you know, tell Mm -hmm. us what that that experience has been all about. Yeah, well, so I had my blog exactly one year, and, you know, we just kind of went through the struggles of getting those first 10 readers and all that kind of stuff. And then a year later, you know, the blog was still kind of humming along, not anything stellar or anything. And then January of 2013, I started my podcast. And just like the blog, it takes a little while to get attention and that type of thing, but it grew at a much faster rate, having the support of the blog as well, and having those social networks already in place definitely was a help. But it's the connections because my blog, my podcast as well is primarily an interview podcast too. So it was baking, like I said before, with the blog, talking to people and other people sharing it. Another thing that also happened um, in all this time is I started going to local groups. I started going to local media groups, primarily about social media marketing because I really needed to learn a lot about that. You know, it's me trying to make this my new profession. So I, I joined local groups when I first started the blog and all that kind of thing. And a lady that I met through one of those groups just happened to be connected to Michael Stelzner, who is owner of Social Media Examiner, huge social media, the go-to place for social media news and how-to and that type of thing. And he has a podcast. And one day on his personal Facebook page, he just put a question out there. Hey, anybody that knows, does anybody know anybody really good at Pinterest? That was it. And my friend Lisa that I know here locally in Dallas, she saw that post. She replied, yep, I know Cynthia. And she even has a podcast. All she put (laughs) within, yeah. And people were recommending other people he had already had on this podcast or recommending themselves. You know, hey, I wrote a blog post about Pinterest stuff. And I would say within five minutes after she posted that on his Facebook wall, Mike went to my Facebook page, left me a message there, went on Twitter, left me a message there. We got connected and I was on his show. Wow. And that one time being on his show, just that one time has led to so many things. So it is a bit of luck too. You know, Lisa could have missed that. He might not have asked that, you know, who knows? So I, I really consider myself very fortunate and very blessed that that happened because from that one interview led to other interviews, led to speaking engagements, led to other clients, led to even Michael Stelzner inviting me to be a part of his social online summit and then his physical conference just this last spring in San Diego. Um, And now I'm doing work for My Kids Adventures, which is his other project, um, another side about kids' activities and family time and that type of thing. So I'm working with them on that. So it's it's been amazing. That's incredible. And this is a great transition into the question I was going to ask you, which is all about why you chose to specialize in Pinterest, because you had many decisions at that point, whether you wanted to be kind of a generalist and be all about social media. You definitely had interests all over the place there. There are so many pros and cons of specializing. You just gave us a, a great pro of being known as that person. But why did you decide to make that decision to be the specialist? And what have been some of the great and not so great things that have come out of that? Yeah, you know, when when I first started into handling that first client, uh, and, you know, thinking of social media as a business and being a social media community manager or strategist or whatever the term was of the day, it seems like, I quickly learned that it was nearly next to impossible to know everything about every platform. And for me, Pinterest just really resonated with me. I liked the way it worked. I liked the way it functioned and and what it did for me personally and what I saw that it did for bloggers that I was connecting with. Bloggers were coming becoming overnight sensation with Pinterest 
because one of their images from their sites went crazy nuts viral, and I just decided to stick with Pinterest. And as far as the negative side of it or the not-so-great side is that it is it is a little bit limiting, but I do have all my eggs in one basket, kind of, sort of. You know, what if Pinterest goes away? You know, I know that that's a risk, and I was aware of that going into this. All my, I guess, study of having an online business, even people who are focused are focused like Facebook experts or YouTube experts. They also have their hands in other cookie jars. It's not just that one business that they have. And that's something I'm, you know, trying to evolve for myself for the last couple of years. It has been all all Pinterest, but as, as things have grown, as I've learned more, I realized that I could do more in, you know, the importance of having some diversity in what I do and not put it all in one basket. Can you talk a little bit about how big your team is and how you're actually implementing all of these things that are coming in, all of these community manager roles that you're playing on on some cases, especially a lot of the educational, the workshops that you're putting on, the speaking that you're going to, all the logistics required for all of those things. What does your actual team look like and what does it take to really make sure that Oh So Pinteresting is really running as a business? Yeah, you know, initially it was just me because that's all I could afford. You know, that's all I could do. I didn't have the budget to have partners and hire anybody to do things. And I guess I did have some help. I did have some free help. <laughs> my husband is in IT, so he can, you know, he was able to get my WordPress site up. He was able to get my hosting. He does more networking infrastructure. He's like, okay, there's your site. You have to make it pretty. And so it was a lot of studying, a lot of work. So I had to ask for help. So along the way, I have brought in kind of people to help me with certain parts of the business, whether it be that, how do I get my website to do whatever it is I needed to do? I needed help creating my specific podcast just page and for it to look a certain way. So I got a WordPress guy to help me out. So little things like that I've kind of done along the way as I could. A lot of stuff I've had to do on my own. Um, and just recently, just this beginning of the year, I really have this bigger vision for what Oh So Pinteresting could become. And I know there's just not enough hours in the day and I can't serve all of my clients with the level of quality if I'm being spread too thin. So I did bring in a partner for my workshop series and I did a session on my own. And, you know, that was great. It's a live three-week interactive workshop. We do it online. There's 20 participants and we go way deep into Pinterest one time a week. And then they have email access to me. There's Facebook groups. There's a lot of moving parts to it. And it's like, if I want to keep on continuing to do this and I want the alumni that have taken this workshop to all still continue to be a community, I need some help. So I partnered up with Vincent Ng. He's a social media pro up in Canada and he really loves Pinterest. He's you know, starting to specialize more in Pinterest. So we decided to team up together and present the workshops together. And then we also work on the back end stuff together. So that's been great. I think not only is it helping me take care of the clients that you know I already had, it's better because it frees up time, but then it also provides more value to the people taking the workshop. I'm getting help with copywriting right now. I'm having help with my podcast show notes now to kind of help take the load off of those things. And sometimes, you know, when I have a big client, you know, I, I team up with somebody and strategize together. So it's mainly been a lot of partnerships except for my one-time, full-time IT guy that just happens to live here with me as well. And he, <laughs> nice. he also handles the finances. So, a nice little you know, benefit. Yeah, yeah, it helps. <laughs> and I think that's really important to you, really identifying the fact that part of your growing team, quote-unquote, can really include partners or strategic partners who are sort of helping you build something out and they have a stake in it, you have a stake in it. And it doesn't always mean you having to offload that onto an employee per se, but really kind of working with somebody else that can really help it grow but you're not having to put in a thousand percent into and a thousand percent of your time into that. I think that's a really cool strategy. 
Well, thanks. Yeah, it, it's going it's going really well. I think as things continue to grow, as I added a project and other businesses on, uh, I think a, a really a, an actual full-time or heavy part-time virtual assistant or even physical assistant, depending on where I'm at or whatever, I think will be really helpful. I do realize, and I think that just kind of comes back to my nursing, is like you can't do it all alone. You have to work as a team. You all have to have your specialty areas and put it all together to get you know the best outcome that you're, that you're looking for. Cynthia, you're a mother of four. You have two sets of twins, which is very unique. What kind of habits do you have that help you manage your time? Um, it's been evolving because my days were structured, really structured. Before I dropped off the kids, I went to work. I had, you know, eight hours solid at work. Nobody called. Nobody interrupted. I got to get my work done. I came home, make dinner, you know, all that kind of stuff. So making that transition to kind of having not everything so structured has been great because now I can not have to worry. You know, if my kids are, are sick, fine. I don't have to rearrange work things or whatever. But then that also leaves a lot of other moving parts, too, because now I have to schedule my clients. I don't have, you know, receptionist to schedule patients for me anymore. Now I have, I do it all on my own. So it, it's been a process, but I think it's taking things one step at a time and figuring out how long each thing takes and being ready to be flexible. I know I, I planned, you know, three hours to to do this project for a client or whatever, and it takes me four and a half, well, what's going to give? Something's got to give. Maybe we go out for dinner, have my husband pick up something on the way home, or maybe I have to push something off until the next day. So it's really still evolving and has to be very fluid, I guess. I've never been really a strict schedule structuring. And I know moms out there who, you know, my kid naps from 10 to noon and eats from 1230 to one, you know, or whatever. That's that's kind of never how I've been. I'm more just like, let's kind of see how things go and, you know, just be ready to be flexible. And I think that's the big thing. Sometimes I have to push the schedule. If I have deadlines that I have to meet, well, then I stay up till two in the morning to get it done. When I first started everything, there were a lot of long nights. And overall, I can 100% certainly tell you that I work more hours now than I did as a full-time nurse. I think every entrepreneur is, you know, <laughs> nodding their head right now. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Staying in line with the relationship with your kids, I'm interested because you came from a nursing background and now are in a business space. Are, are you teaching them lessons about business? Like, are they seeing mom sort of being the CEO of her company? And what sort of lessons are they learning from that? Like, how are you actively making sure that they understand business and what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. I think they are learning so, so much. Uh, one of my older daughters, she is a senior in college now, but when I guess probably her junior year of high school, she started her own blog on a blogger blog that she would put a post to every six months, whatever. It was just for fun kind of thing. And she's really, her whole life, she's been big into video games. And she just knew that her career was going to be in video games. So she went off to college, that type of thing. She's majoring in journalism. She wants to be a writer uh, for the video game industry and has a publication, you know, with her eyes set on it and goals set. And then not this past January, but the January before, my husband and I both went out to New Media Expo in Las Vegas and took her with us. And she got to experience it on, you know, more of a grown-up level, what this blogging and this business kind of thing can do. Since then, she has started a separate site with a partner, has a multi-author site. She has her own podcast. She has multiple podcasts now that she contributes to. Wow. Um, and she just got her first freelancing gig with the publication that was her dream publication to write for someday. She's met people you know, that work for the company. She just got back from San Francisco 
from visiting the offices. They let her work within the office one day. So she's achieved all that she has done and wanted to do within the last year. And I think it was, you know, part of seeing me go through all this, what it takes to get out there. And she's pretty, you know, she's pretty shy and all that kind of stuff. But she saw me at New Media Expo. It's like, you got to be out there and you got to talk and you got to do this and you do that. So we're really each other's cheerleader in all of this. She gets new things going. I get new speaking engagements. We're there just celebrating and encouraging each other the whole way. How um, cool. Yeah, and even my younger daughter in high school uh, has a teacher who's starting side business. He's her health sciences teacher, and he's starting a side fitness business. I think he's a he's like a, per, a personal trainer trainer outside of you know his teaching job. And so she said, "Hey, well, my mom knows all about social media, so she took my car to school, and she's helping me grow my business. So they're they're all definitely a part of it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> get, the, get yeah. the family involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great." Cynthia, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had over these past couple of years in growing your business? The biggest challenge is is really the financial side. It's how do I price things? How do I structure things? What's fair? What's not fair? And and getting over like my money kind of types of resistance. Sure, I want people to pay me a million dollars an hour, but just talk. You know, when it comes down to it, it's like, oh, really? How much? And having to get comfortable with that, having to get comfortable with, you know, clients who are behind on their invoice to go back and say, hey, you're behind on your invoice. So it's been a lot of that. Still, sometimes it's, you know, a challenge to get over and still figuring out the pricing structure, what's fair, because I do want to be very fair and make sure that people that I'm, I'm serving, whether it be training or speaking, that it's fair to them and it's fair to me as well. So that's, I think, been one of the biggest struggles so far. Cynthia, what books have you read over these past couple of years that have really impacted the way that you're actually approaching your business? It's actually, it goes back to, to what I just talked about. And it was, and I just read it you know, in the last few months. It's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. It was recommended to me by another big podcaster, Cliff Ravenscraft. He was here for an event and I was kind of telling him the struggle I was having, you know, with this part of the business and how to price instruction, that kind of stuff. And he's like, and he recommended the book to me. And it just, it made, it kind of opened my eyes and how I perceived money personally and through my family and how that's impacting my business now and really gave me some great insight and some things to really keep in mind. If giving you the shirt off my back is going to ha- help you have a better day, I'm ready to do it. But unfortunately, doing that doesn't help me and doesn't pay the bill and doesn't help my children or my family. So it's, it's trying to figure out how to make all that line up together. And that book was really helpful for that. What advice would you give to any of our listeners out there who have an interest, just like you had an interest in Pinterest? Oh, that's so funny. I'm a little poet. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what advice would you give them? So they, if they have this interest and really actually want to monetize it, they want to create a business out of it like you have done, what advice would you give to them? I would say just go for it. Just start. Just start because you don't know how – I mean, I think even the best laid business plans – don't necessarily always turn out the way that the plan was written, right? So just get started with something and 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 keep on keep on with it and and let it give it time to grow. Keep on feeding it, dedicate time to it, and it is going to take time and it is going to take a lot of work. So patience and dedication, and just be ready to be flexible and, and just kind of go with the current and the way that it's taking you. If it makes sense for you, if it doesn't, well, then kind of nudge it back the other way. Really, just just get in there and get something started. It's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have everybody everybody's approval for it. Just get going if it means that much to you. 
I love that advice. And I love that so many of our guests have given that exact same advice because it just <laughs> ring, it rings true. It, it just it shows you that, you know, there's a mark, uh, there's something like so common in so many different successful businesswomen. And I think that's it. So that's a great piece of advice. I really want to conclude this conversation by asking you, what is your vision for Oh So Pinteresting? What's coming up in the future for you? Like, what are you really excited about right now? Well, we are continuing with the workshops. There actually, I just checked today, there's one more spot left for our April 30th, and then it's going to repeat again in the summer, our workshop session. But then I'm also launching standalone kind of video trainings. I really do enjoy the one-on-one interaction and really getting to know people and their businesses and their Pinterest accounts within the workshops, but I know that isn't scalable. I really do understand that. So I want to have some supportive online kind of training products to help them with this, this next one that's coming out is all about creating images for the web. So we're not all graphic artists, but there are tons of free tools and it's going to be all about showing you how to use those tools, where to get free images, how to put them together to make images for your blog, your social media networks, all that kind of stuff easily and inexpensively. Awesome. Cynthia, I really want to thank you so much for being here on the show today. I absolutely am in love with you and your story. I just think no. I'm, I'm so appreciative of you really sharing the behind the scenes story of, of, you know, how you have come about and how you're continuing to evolve. And I just think it's in these moments when other businesswomen are willing to share, you know, kind of the grind behind everything and all the great things that are happening that we all get to really learn from and we get to raise each other up. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Katie, thank you so much. It was my pleasure.